All right, so it's a new year. I mean, does it feel any different? Um, I mean, how do you feel walking into 2015? I mean, this is the time of year, right, where we want to get more organized, more disciplined. We want to get our health better. We want to eat better, start working out. We start all these things. Because why? We want to be better people, right? No matter what year last year was like, we want this year to be better. And some of us were thinking, you know, I want to get back to my awesome self, right? Do you have an awesome self? I mean, do you have a name tab, name tab like this where you walk in and say, hey, my name is awesome. What does it mean to be awesome anyway? I was thinking about this over the last few days, and I'm thinking, I don't know where my awesome is, frankly. I don't know where to find my awesome. And typically, when we look at this time of the year, we start to focus a lot on ourselves. But is it really about self-promotion? I mean, what is it about? Why do we want to become better people? All right, so we look at resolutions, we look at ways we can improve. Many of us have fuzzy ideas. Maybe we put a couple of things on paper. In fact, I was talking to my kids about it yesterday morning. We were out to breakfast, and I asked everybody, so what is just one thing in your life, just one personal thing that you'd like to focus on in this new year? And one of my sons said, I have no idea. I, I, I don't know. I haven't thought about this. My other son, he started talking about the college football championship game. It just moved right on. And then my daughter says, uh, Dad, I don't know what I want to focus on this year, but I have a long-term goal. I'm like, oh, a long-term goal. I want to be an actress, she says. <laughs> I'm like, finally, one of my kids is focused. But for most of us, it's fuzzy, isn't it? We don't know exactly what our life should look like. We want to be different, but we're not sure how to go about it. And we know we're facing challenges, we've got uncertainties, we've got things that we're anxious about, we have things that we wonder about. But in all that, every one of us wants this year to be different, to be better than last year. So what do we do if we don't have a vivid picture of what our life should look like? I mean, what are we supposed to do so that we can take some steps in that direction of a better life? And really, it's a better spiritual life. It's a better life of faith. It's a, it's a life where we feel more connected to God. And so here's the question. How do we go about finding God's distinct picture for our lives? I mean, how do we pursue that? What kind of steps do you and I need to take to find God's distinct picture for our lives? Because for most of us, it's a little bit blurry or a lot blurry, which isn't okay with us, right? Because we live in a world where we like clarity. The reason we're calling this series High Resolution is you and I, we're obsessed with high res. We have that expectation in all of our types of devices, from our, the pictures that we take, to our phones, to our uh, computers, to our HDTVs, we want the highest resolution possible, right? And we know what high res is. It just means there's lots and lots of pixels. So the more small dots, the better, the better the picture. If they're big, larger dots, that's not good. It's fuzzy, right? And yet with our faith, God wants us to begin a journey to take steps toward a more clear picture 
of who we should be, what our lives should look like, how we can experience more of him and, uh, you know, more of faith in our lives. So um, one of the hardest things that we have to do is kind of sort through our own ideas for our lives, right? If we want God's ideas, we have to kind of temper or get away from some of our ideas because I've had all kinds of pictures for my life over the years. I mean, go back to, uh, you know, high school and college. Well, now, one of the pictures that I had for my life was... Uh, you remember this movie, First Blood? I mean, this is way back. My goal for my life at that point, picture, was to be tough. You know, he drew First Blood, and then he brought it. Um, was that really a good picture for my life? No, but it was my picture at that time for my life. And then after that, I went on through college, first job, and I wanted to be a successful business guy, like Jerry Maguire. Remember the phrase from that movie? Not, Show me the money. Not everybody here remembers it. My son said, who is that? Oh, he knows it's Tom Cruise, but who's Jerry Maguire? Show me the money. Now, there's some lines in that movie that we really just got to get rid of. Like, you complete me, really? At the marriage getaway, you will not learn phrases like that. Um, Or, you had me at hello. Basically, the, the, the best learning from that is just stop talking, okay? You had me at hello, okay. We'll get rid of that line as well. And I had all kinds of pictures through these different stages of my life. But these were my pictures for myself. Not God's distinct, vivid picture that he already has for my life and for your life. So how do we pursue that? How do we pursue what he envisions for us this year? How do we start that process today? How do we take steps in the right direction? Well, let's take a look at Ephesians because the scriptures always have to be our guide as we look at God's way for us, and especially as we try to understand this picture uh, for our lives. And here's what Paul tells us in Ephesians as he talks to this church full of people just like us, people who have challenges and things they're anxious about, things they don't understand about God. Um, Paul shares these words with them. So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put on or to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God, like Jesus, in true righteousness and holiness." So as we take a look at this text today and what it means for us as we pursue um, this distinct image that God has for us, there are two main ideas from this text. The first one is what God does. There's something that God does for us that is vital. It's critical. And then the second thing is what we do in this process of becoming new, putting off the old and then putting on the new. All right, so this old way of life, I mean, if we're going to get focused on the new life, 
we have to first deal with the old life, right? You just can't pass it over. We have to deal with the old life. Now, in, uh, in Colombia and uh, some other Spanish-speaking countries, they've got this really cool New Year's um, uh, event that they do. And it's basically uh, you know, putting away the old man or burning the old man. Here's what they do. So the whole family gets together, and they basically build this life-size dummy, and they, they stuff this person, the old man, with all kinds of stuff from last year, pictures, clothing, you know, lots of bad memories, stuff that they want to leave behind and get rid of. And on New Year's Eve at midnight, what do they do? They burn it. Yeah. I'm talking to my sons about this. They, they suggested I do this this morning. So wouldn't it be great if we could, yeah. I said, yeah, we could do that, and then we could never come back to Hebner Elementary. But wouldn't it be cool if it was that easy where we could take all of the stuff from last year, all of our mistakes, all the things that we messed up, all the things that we would like to forget, all the hard things, the death of people that we love and the difficult relationships that are maybe still very broken, all the stuff that happened and just burn it, get rid of it. We can't do that. But there's something better that we can do as we look to dealing with the old man. All right. Um, As we talk about the old man, here's one, this is kind of the bad news with the old man or woman. And that is, as we look at our lives, we have a human nature. So that means this, this old self, you know, even if we're focused on faith and we're looking to Christ, the old self, this old man is still there. And present. And so we can read the text and we hear some, you know, really some, some hard things. I mean, talking about being separated from God because of their ignorance, hard hearts, you know, having lost all sensitivity because, you know, these Gentile people didn't care about God. They gave themselves over to every sensuality and they just wanted more and more and more pleasure for themselves. Well, what we have to realize is that that old self is still there. And you and I, because we're human beings, we've got to deal with it. Um, And you may be saying, well, I'm not giving myself over to all that kind of stuff that's out in the culture. But there's stuff that's still there, isn't it? I mean, little stuff, simple stuff. Like for me, when I go to the uh, grocery store, and uh, there's certain days where, I mean, I don't like lines. And so I'm in the grocery store, and there I am, and I start scouting out, okay, which is the shortest line, and who can I box out to find that lane, right? And then you start, I mean, then you start to, you kind of, you know, shade the, 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 uh, the expectations of what they want, because you have the lines that are 10 items or less, or 15, and I start rounding, pretty close to 15, because I hate to wait. Why? Because I'm so important. In fact, I'm more important than everybody else who's walking through the lines, right? And it's just little stuff like that. But little stuff that can build up where the old person is not being dealt with. All right, so um, here's the thing. We have to have a plan to deal with the old self. Because otherwise, we're gonna fall into the same traps over and over and over again. Have you ever heard the, of the definition of insanity? It goes like this. It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results. 
So many of us, if we want to stop doing some things, we need a new pattern. So we've got to address this old person within us. So how do we do that? If the bad news is this old person is there, we have our human nature to deal with, what's the good news? Well, here's the incredible good news about Christ. The incredible uh, story that we read in the scriptures. Um, Theologically, we learn that God deals with the old self. I mean, this is what God does. He He came into this world to deal with the old man, to deal with all that junk, our self-focus, our desire to live independently from God, our desire to do it our own way. That's why Jesus came. Now, this is what it means to be a Christian. I mean, that's a man or a woman who follows Christ. But it means that we give up on the old way of life. Now, can we do that on our own? Can you and I just say, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just kind of put all my energy and best foot forward. I'm gonna get more organized, more disciplined. I'm gonna deal with the old man and I'm gonna crush the old man myself once and for all. No. The gospel tells us that you and I can't do this. This is what God does, what he has done in Jesus. Jesus came into the world to lay down his life for our old nature. For the old person who still whispers in our ear, Jesus has paid the penalty for all that sin and that independence from God. God is the one who saves us, and God is the one who begins this process of recreation in us. And so the first thing that we have to realize with the old person, the old man, the old woman, is that we can't do that without Christ. We can't deal with the old person without Christ. And so Jesus, he came to destroy the old man. You and I can't burn the old man. He did. It's done. Now listen to this uh, from Romans chapter 6. Paul, so speaking, he says, For we know that our old self was crucified with Christ so that the body of sin might be done with and that we should no longer be slaves to sin. And so this is the incredible thing, is that Jesus has done away with this old person. Now, when, however we might be attached to this old person inside of us, we have to remember something. Paul says, if you're attached to this old person, what are you? You're a slave. You're caught in slavery You can't get away from it. But the good news is in Jesus, that's done, right? We are free to follow the way of God. Free. I mean, think about this for a moment. That is true awesomeness. I mean, that's the name tag we need, is I am with Christ. I am a new person because of Christ. He's the one who defeated the power of death and sin, and he's given us a life of meaning and purpose, and he's called us to walk with him. 
So what does that picture look like? Because that's what God has done for us. The question is, what do you and I have to do? Right? How do we focus on the new? Now, in the text, we read that we're supposed to take this old life, this old garment, and we're to take it off. We're going to talk some more about that here in a few minutes. And then we're to put on this new garment, this new way of life. Now, if we carry out that image, if we're thinking about garments, we change clothes on a daily basis. Some of us more often than a daily basis. Some of us less, teenage boys. But we're supposed to have this regular activity where we're taking off the old, putting on the new, right? Well, the only way that we're going to get an accurate picture of what God sees in us and what he wants for our life is by putting on the new garments, by putting on God's grace, by putting on his love, by putting on his words, so we can start to grab a hold of the vision that he has for our life. Now, that means that you and I have something to do as well. Jesus has done away with the old man, but the old person still lives within us, tempts us, um, you know, all kinds of different things. And you and I, as we walk with God, as we follow Christ, now daily are called to put on this new self. Well, what is this new self look like? Well, I love how um, uh, Peterson uh, basically phrases it in the message. Now, this is the same text that we read from Ephesians 4, starting in verse 20. Here's what uh, Peterson, how he, he says it in the message. He says, you know Christ. My assumption is that you have paid careful attention to him, been well instructed in the truth precisely as we have it in Jesus. Since then, we don't have the excuse of ignorance. Everything, and I do mean everything connected with that old way of life must go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it and then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside out, working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. Listen to that one more time. A God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside out and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. So how do we focus on this new God-fashioned kind of life? How do we begin to get a more vivid picture of what it looks like for us? Well, I think the first thing is... um, how do we deal with the old? Because we can sit there, and when you and I stumble, when we make mistakes, when we sin, and you and I will because we're human beings, the question is, how do we deal with that old man? Because I know a lot of you are like me. When I make some of the same mistakes that I've been making, not just for weeks or months, but years, sometimes I think, I'm just a terrible person. I'm never going to get over this. I mean, why do I keep doing that? And I, if I focus so much on the old way, what am I not doing? I'm not focusing on the new way. So one of the things that we have to do is just set that aside and remember in Christ, this new life that I'm living with God 
Jesus has died for all of that and given me a new life to pursue. And there are times where all of us have to say, Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I don't want the old way of life and I need to focus on this new garment that I've put on today. We need to focus more on the new way of life. And the question is, how do we do that? How do we focus on the new so that we can begin to leave the old behind more and more? And here's what Paul also tells us in Romans chapter 12. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. So we're to be transformed as we focus on this new life. How do we do it? How do we do it? Well, we've got to focus on Jesus. Um, now, there's, um, uh, if you read about like money and how do you pick out money that's counterfeit or money that's authentic, um, the question is, how do they train the people who are experts in money? who are, you know, are experts in counterfeiting. Well, are they trained in looking at all the, the fakes, all the money that's not real? No. They're trained first in understanding and knowing inside and out what money is authentic and what makes it authentic. And so there's some tests that they go through. They have a, a test where um, they, they first they feel the money. Does it feel right? Is the weight right? Does it feel like a normal bill? And then there's the tilt where, you know, there's all the this special technology that they have in bills now. And then there's looking at the bill, knowing it inside and out, and there's looking through the bill. They have all these different tests. But what's the thing about it? Is they're familiar with money and what's authentic. And you and I, if we're going to have an authentic spiritual walk, if we're going to take on this new way of life, we've got to become more and more familiar with Jesus. That's the only way. He's the authentic one who came from God, who shows us what life looks like. Can we get the picture of Jesus? Um, No, I'm not saying that is the straight, authentic picture. We don't have a photo But what we have to recognize is that God, his picture for us is Jesus. That's where we can have some high resolution to know that this is what my life should begin to look like. Are we going to look like Jesus perfectly? No, we're human beings. But that's what God wants our life to look like. Now, Jesus, he, he shared this with the disciples over and over again. Um, he wanted them to know the authentic life from God. And so I think uh, back to their stories throughout the Gospels, but in John chapter 6, Jesus um, had just done something incredible. He fed thousands of people. And so the disciples are there, and they're trying to figure out what's going on because they just had a little bit of food, and he multiplied you know, um, what you know, a couple of uh, people brought. And so everybody ate, and they were stunned. They were shocked what Jesus had done. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never, never go hungry. Whoever um, you know, believes in me will never be thirsty. 
And then he went on to tell them, and this is not just the 12 disciples, it's the crowds of people that have been following him for some time, and they, they love being with them because they were learning new things, and they got a meal. And Jesus said, I want you, if you're going to follow me, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And people are like, what is he talking about? That's ridiculous. And it says in John 6 that many people who were following Jesus left. They walked away. And Jesus asked the 12 disciples, he said, oh, are you going to leave me as well? Peter, of course, spoke up and he said, Lord, Lord, we've left everything for you. We've given our lives to you. We're with you. And even though they didn't understand Jesus fully, he was, what he was talking about was, I need to be your life. You need to feed on my words. You need to spend time with me so that you can begin to take on my image and way of life. You see, that's, that's the thing that we want to help you with as the Rock Hills community as we start out this year together. We want to help you to take on the life of Jesus. Not one of us can do that alone. And so that's why we've got groups, we have opportunities, we have friends that would love to walk with you. And we would love for you to take that step with us. If you're not involved in some other relationships in a group, this would be a great time to start. But here's what I would like all of us to do as we start out this new year. First of all, um, just to say, uh, to maybe just a short prayer today where you say, God, I'm all too familiar with this old person inside of me. But I want to take off the old man, the old woman And I want to pursue the picture that you have for my life, the the way, the, the character that you desire for my life. I want to take that step. And then to take out a just a pad of paper, uh, maybe open a memo on your phone, whatever you want to do, and begin just listing some characteristics of what you think that looks like. What does it look like to be close to Jesus? To know his grace, his love, his forgiveness. What does your life look like as you begin to put those things down on paper? Because as you put those things down on paper, you're beginning to sketch a picture of the life that God wants for you and for me. I'm so glad that we can pursue that together. 